0: Violent death fascinates people. It upset Philip. He had a phobia about it. Or that was what he called it to himself sometimes. A phobia for murder and all forms of killing, the wanton destruction of life in war, and its senseless destruction in accidents. Violence was repellent. In reality, on the screen, in books. It felt like this for years, since he was a small child and other children pointed toy guns and played at death. When it had begun, or what began it, he didn't know. A curious thing was that he wasn't cowardly or squeamish. He was no more nor less frightened by it than anyone else. It was rather that unnatural death neither entertained him nor exercised a ghoulish attraction. His reaction was to shy away from it in whatever form it might be presented to him. He knew this was unusual. He hid his phobia, or tried to hide it. When the others watched television, he watched it with them. And he didn't close his eyes; he had never got into the way of denouncing newspapers or novels, but the others knew and had no particular respect for his feelings. It didn't stop them talking about Rebecca Neve. Left to himself, Philip would have taken no interest in her disappearance and still less speculated about her. He would have turned off the set, of course, he would probably have turned it off ten minutes before and avoided Northern Ireland, Iran, Angola, and a train crash in France, as well as a missing girl. He would never have looked at the photograph of her pretty face, the smiling mouth and eyes screwed up against the sun, the hair blown by the wind. Rebecca disappeared at about three on an autumn afternoon. Her sister spoke to her on the phone on Wednesday morning, and a man who was a friend of hers, a new friend who'd been out with her just four times, phoned her at lunchtime on that day. That was the last time her voice was heard. A neighbour saw her leave the block of flats where she lived. She was wearing a bright green velvet tracksuit and white trainers. That was the last anyone saw of her. Fee said when the girl's face appeared on screen, I was at school with her. I thought I knew the name. Rebecca Neve. I thought I'd heard it before. I've never heard it. You never said you had a friend called Rebecca. She wasn't a friend, Cheryl. There were three thousand of us at that school. I don't suppose I even spoke to her. Fee was staring intently at the screen while her brother made as conscious an effort not to look. He'd picked up the newspaper and turned to an inside page where the Rebecca Neve story had not penetrated. They must think she's been murdered, Fee said. Rebecca's mother appeared and made an appeal for news of her missing daughter. Rebecca was twenty-three. Her job was teaching ceramics to adult classes, but needing to supplement her income, she advertised her services as a babysitter and house-sitter. It seemed possible that someone had phoned in answer to her advertisement. Rebecca had made an appointment for that evening, and kept it, or that was what her mother believed. Oh, the poor woman, said Christine, coming in with coffee on a tray. What she must be going through, I can just imagine how I'd feel if it was one of you. Well, it's not likely to be me, said Philip, who was well built, though thin, and six feet two.